0: Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Justin Buller. I am here with my partner, Dr. Paul Etchison. Paul and I are here talking to you just as your dental business mentors. And really, we get a lot of questions like we talked about in our initial or inaugural episode. This is our facts-based, really getting in to try to address some questions that we get from folks all the time, okay? So, Dennis, just like you, asking us questions Last episode, we talked a little bit about when the right time to add an associate is. And today, we're going to talk about when the right time to add a hygienist is. So Paul's got a practice that's got five chairs, currently, sorry, 11 chairs now, went from five to 11. He's got a number of people working for him. So Paul, dive into how you started to look at when the right time to add hygiene capacity was.
0: Yeah, I mean, for us, it's always been about new patients and reappoint rate now. I know a lot of dentists don't even track reappoint rate, which is a damn shame because you're, we're trying to grow our practices. We're trying to get to capacity and in true practice growth is, you know, hygiene's a big part of that. You're taking on more active patients. You have to service more active patients. So when we look at the reappoint rate, which essentially is just a percentage of people that leave your office, do they have an appointment or do they not? So we want that to be up in like 85 to 90% is a really good target to hit and if you think about that so if your hygienist is seeing 8 patients one day and you reappoint 100% of them then she or he or she is going to see those same 8 patients exactly 6 months from now so where do the new patients go obviously they go to the new hygienist or you if you have you know blocking so that you could your other hygienist could see an additional new patient how it doesn't matter they, really, but they're going to go to a hygienist so when we look at the question of When is the right time to add a hygienist? Another one. It's when your reappoint rate is high, you're tracking it, you're doing well with it, and you know that you had the new patient flow to keep a new hygienist maybe, I'd say like maybe 50 to 75% busy as they start out. And then, you know, if the reappoint rate's good, usually within one recall cycle, that hygienist should be completely, you know, the schedule should be pretty full. So, I mean, for me, it's just those two things, new patients and reappoint. I mean, what would you say it's for you, Justin?
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Paul. I mean, you, you summarized it well, and it comes down to exactly that. So it's based on demand. So you you need a place to put patients and treat patients, and the hygiene department's just a great place to do that because you can't often add doctor chairs, especially if you're running out of two or maybe if you're a highly productive provider with two chairs and an ortho chair or something of that nature. I mean, adding more chairs for you to do exams just doesn't make a lot of sense. So you've got to put these patients in the hygiene chair so that, at least they're, they're in for their initial visit, things, uh, you know, are getting done for them. Now, some people listening might say, oh, but we never, we don't do that because, you know, I was told the doctor should always do the exam first and that's totally fine. You can do that. So, but adding hygiene capacity will still help because oftentimes the doc might be busy uh, in, in their column. They can, the, the hygienist can get the patient in, take x-rays, et cetera. The doctor can come in and do the new patient exam prior to scaling therapy, all this type of stuff taking place. You can still do that logistically. Uh, and They don't have to be in your chair for the full hour in order for you to do the exam. So I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about what chair they're put in. And I, I do find a lot of docs do get concerned about that. They say, well, you know, are they supposed to be in my chair first or the hygiene chair first? In a perfect world, you put them in theirs, do the exam and get them over to hygiene. But at the same time, you need to just get them in. So we talked a little bit about in the past, Paul. You and I talked about capacity, right? So, like, how many days until your next new patient appointment? So if you you can't get a patient in for the for about seven days or more, that's that's a good problem to have, but it's a problem nonetheless because patients will generally go somewhere else, and this is where you get your short notice cancellations and all that kind of stuff. So. It's time for you to add capacity. And oftentimes the hygiene department is the best place to do it to start if you're running into these capacity issues and finding having trouble finding spots for people seven days up.
0: Seven days just seems really short to me. I mean, I, I don't think I can get anyone in my practice in seven days, probably.
1: So one of the things I did, Paul, because we used to do what you did too. I've had practices like yours where there's a high uh, new patient volume, and I still do. I have two like that where there's a high new patient volume. They're very different than my practices that only see 20 to 25 or 30 patients. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, so the, the contrast is, is quite a bit now on the, the side where there's abundance of new patients coming in. If they're, if they're booking 14 days out, what we found was our short notice cancellation rate went up. So when I start measuring short notice cancellation rate in comparison to this capacity issue, I found that it had risen. It almost went up by a third which means that, uh, and and of the people that were canceling, 80% were new patients. And the reason is people are really polite. So they book an appointment and uh, they say, you know, yeah, okay, perfect. You can't get me in exactly when I want, but I will take the appointment anyway. Now, what they may do in the time being is once they're no longer obligated to, to be on the phone with you, they hang up and they say, geez, like, you know what, let me just see if there's any other options. So when it comes time to confirm them, they don't show up and your front end team will tell you that, they're, they're usually trying to get people in and do short notice stuff. So yeah, we, we can't get people in for two to three weeks sometimes in certain practices. And, and the, the reality is though, do we have a zero no show rate? And are we trying to fill same day appointments also? So I think looking at those two factors is important. Now, what we did is we realized that one of the most profitable ways for us to expand was to actually reduce that down. So, the uh, you know, you know I talked about adding in a new uh, associate, right, last episode, and now we're talking about the new hygienist, but if you can't get people in for two weeks, add a new hygienist, get them in, even if it's part-time for the most desirable hours of the day, which are typically evenings or weekends, get someone in there to help bring that down to around the seven-day mark, and what you'll see is your revenue will start to increase, and your short-notice cancellations will come down. Now, that may not be a problem for your practice, but it certainly was for ours.
0: Now, and let me ask you this. What do you think about the idea that one dentist can see three chairs or three columns of hygiene? That's something that we often do with my associates, and they actually very much like that, having one third hygienist who is maybe only seeing new patients. And we found that has been very good at our office for keeping the associates busy, keeping their restorative schedule busy. And a lot of people say, well, how do you check three chairs of hygiene? And we have systems that we do that make it, you know, with the co-diagnosis with the hygienist and things that make it so that we don't have to be in the room for so long. But I mean, what do you think about that, Justin, a two or three hygienist, does it matter to you? What what do you think?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think if you can fill two or three hygienists up, great, but you touched on it right there, brother. You, you, I mean, that's the, that is the gold that you just talked about, which is having systems essentially co-diagnosis. You see, like if if, if you're a practitioner that, that believes that, hygienists shouldn't talk about treatment to patients and they shouldn't be taking the IO of photos and and getting the ball rolling. I'm not saying they should diagnose you are at the end of the day, going to give the green light on it or not. But if you're not willing to have the hygienist educate and be a major part of the team in that way, you can't do it. So you, you, that's a must. So I think that's really important to understand. And if you're going to have a lot of trouble getting over that psychological barrier of having to control every single aspect of that exam, then unfortunately, you're going to struggle with doing three chairs.
0: All right. So when is the right time to add another hygienist? It's when... You can't get the new patients in. Would you say that's just an easy, easy summary of it? Yeah,
1: man. I think that's exactly right. When you need to get more people in and it's ready to go. One thing I'll add: you and I talked about this before that I forgot to mention is Mm -hmm. sometimes you're not having trouble getting new patients in per se. Like you're you're pretty you're okay there. You're you're not at capacity, but you're running into challenges where you see a lot of young families and families have you know. The husband, wife, and three kids or two kids or whatever. And, you know, they come in at noon and they don't leave your practice till five sometimes, you know, because you only have, you know, enough hygienists to see them, maybe one. Well, sometimes it's best to actually add a part-time person so that families can come in and be in and out in two hours versus five hours.
0: All right. Well, if you have any more questions, send us an email info at com. We are happy to answer all of your questions on the air. And we're looking forward to taking some more from you guys. Hey, Dr. Etch here. If you are like most dentists I talk to, you want to grow your practice. We all know that we didn't learn how to run a successful practice while we were in dental school. So where do we learn it once we get out into the real world? That's why myself and Dr. Justin Bull are created DentalBusinessMentor.com. If you want to know the tricks, the tips, the tactics that we use in our own practices, dentalbusinessmentor.com is for you. Over 175 videos, not to mention the documents, protocols, and checklists that we use to run our practices. We have modules on phone skills, mindset, reappointment and reactivation, leadership, culture creation, marketing, effective meetings, patient experience, case presentation, KPIs, scheduling, and collections just to name a few. We will show you how to run the practice of your dream. So if you are ready to take your practice and your life to the next level, check out dentalbusinessmentor.com and you have nothing to lose. We offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you aren't happy, we aren't happy. Go to dentalbusinessmentor.com and take the first step towards
1: learning how to create a practice that helps you live a better life.